Live from Studio 27, it's the Chuck Wagon Show, and here's your wagon master, Chuck. Well, howdy do, folks. This is your old pal Buster from episode two. And I'm Phil from, also from episode, what was it, Buster? Uh, two, Phil, it was episode two. Thanks for stopping by. We're going to have ourselves a rodeo today, a hee-hawing time. Thanks for stopping in. This is a chuck wagon. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know the game by now. I mean, if, if you're still, if you're listening to episode four, you you know the game. I don't think anyone, like... Would start. I'm sorry if you did. I'm sorry if you started on episode four and now you're just like, what am I listening to? But anyway, yeah, this is episode four. We're really excited about it. It's been it's been a while. It feels like a really long time. And um, I know Jake, the ex pro, and I are excited to be back in the studio. It's been it's been like two weeks uh, because of we weren't able to do one right before spring break, and then you know, spring break college. Uh, SB2K17. It was it was nice. We had a good time, but it's good to be back. Um, so I mean, I there we have so much stuff to talk about. I'm not I'm, we're not going to be able to talk about everything I want to talk about today because we just don't have enough time. But uh, yeah, so I'm glad glad you're in, and we're gonna hopefully have a good time today. So um, I think I've mentioned this before. I love movies. I'm kind of I actually became a bigger movie guy over the last year or so than I even, than I, I used to be. I wasn't like a huge movie guy. I was a kind of a comedy movie guy. Uh, and now I, I watch all kinds of movies, but I heard some really exciting news over break and I am just so happy about it. Folks, if you haven't heard anywhere, I hope I'm the first to tell you there will be a God's Not Dead 3 and I couldn't be happier about it. And here's why. First of all, I mean, if you want to sit through just a legendary, just classic evangelical Christian movie and with just riveting plot points where the Lord is put on trial, I mean, just when I thought I was I was filled to my brim, I heard there was number three. And this one's going to be really great because, I mean, if you haven't seen the God's Not Dead movies... You can just mute this for the next, like, minute and a half because you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But the guy, at the, there's, like, an Easter egg at the end of the second movie, and the, the pastor guy gets arrested. And the guy who is, like, his friend is watching him be arrested. And the reason I'm really excited about it is because now we're going to have another... This is, like... God versus the law again, and it's going to be great. But also, I have a really good feeling that the friend is who doesn't care about anything is going to be the star of the next movie. Because he's like, they just kind of, they almost keep killing off these characters by like putting them on trial or whatever. But this, this guy, nothing, this character, nothing goes wrong in his life ever. And then when, when stuff goes wrong in other people's lives, he's always like, oh, but the Lord will take care of it. And it's like, it's amazing. And it's just, I can't wait for just 90 minutes of him, of like, of the guy being like, oh man, jail is terrible. They're, they're beating me and like, they're beating me up because I'm a pastor. And he's like, I just don't care. I really don't care. And then it's just going to be that for like 90 minutes. And he's like, the Lord will provide. And he's like, yeah, but like, I'm getting beaten up and like, people are mean to me. And he's like, it's just all part of it. So I don't care. I don't care. And he's going to be, you know, giving sermon stuff. It's going to be great. So just 
that I just want to start off with that amazing news for all of my Christian friends. Like, there will be a God's Not Dead 3, and I will be in the theater watching it, and it's going to be amazing. But speaking of movies, we just went to a movie the other night, and I I honestly, I was thinking before the show about how I want to talk about it, because it just blew my mind. It, it If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's called The Great Wall, and it stars Matt Damon. And Matt, da- like... Matt Damon is the guy who wrote Goodwill Hunting. And he's been in, you know, the Bourne movies. He's been in a bunch, like, the Oceans movies. Like, he's done a lot of... The Martian... I think his last movie before this one was The Martian. And it's like... It's a it's the eighth wonder of the world how it, Matt Damon's agent let him sign up for this movie, in my opinion. Like, it's just... It's a masterpiece. And it's like... In a very distinct way. And I'm going to tell you to watch the movie because you'll know... What I mean, because Matt Damon is fighting. Okay, the the thing is, if you you should watch the trailer. When I watched the trailer for the first time, I said, "Oh man, this is gonna be great!" Because Matt Damon is playing a Chinese general. That's what I thought. I thought he was playing like an actual Chinese guy who is the leader of a militia. Turns out he's not Chinese. So I mean, whatever. But he's still like fighting for the Chinese in ancient China with green beasts. And he's like a convict or something. And it, it, it's just, it's insane. And there's this one character named Strategist Wang. And he's the funniest character. Like, I, all I'm saying is you need to get to The Great Wall. Because it is it is a very distinct movie. It's Matt Damon in a way you'll never, probably never see him again. I mean, he was producing, he was producing Manchester by the Sea while he was working on this movie. Casey Affleck won Best Actor at the Oscars for Manchester by the Sea, and which Matt Damon produced, and now Matt Damon on the side was in The Great Wall. And you just need to get to a theater to see that. It's, it's crazy to me the way we listen to our music because we're very, we're very drawn into songs in terms of the way they just sound musically and we we care about the lyrics like we like singing along to the lyrics but we kind of don't really listen to them and, and it's really funny because there's certain times where I'll be like actually kind of thinking about the lyrics to a song and I realize like this is actually just not this is just weird writing like for for instance and this is all you know this is just my opinion but like, I love the song Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. It's blowing up the charts right now. It's like the single that was released before Divide. <clears throat> and, you know, everyone loves it. Like, at least people from our generation. But it's a very basic kind of four-chord song. But, you know, it's it's kind of fun. And it has a, has a nice beat. And it's Ed Sheeran, who's a big pop star right now and stuff. But I actually thought for the first time about about the opening lyrics to the song. And if you're familiar with the song at all, you'll know it goes like this. It goes, the club isn't the best place to find a lover, so the bar is where I go. And that struck me, because that's just a really, that's really interesting logic to me. He goes, hmm. Like, in my mind, like, if there's a music video, Ed Sheeran starts out and he's, like, standing in a club. And he's just, like, kind of alone in the middle of the dance floor. And there's, like, people dancing all around him. And he goes, oh, hmm. This isn't the best place to find a lover. And so, so he's like, well, I guess I'll take a jaunt down to the bar. It'll be mental. And then 
And so he like goes to the bar and he's like, oh, that's better. I like that. I quite like, I quite like the bar. This is the place I shall go rather than the club because this is better. But then you think about it and you're like, what type of love is he looking for? I mean, I guess like if he's just looking for a hookup, that's one thing. But when I say I'm a, I'm a hopeless romantic. So when I hear a lover, I think like, oh, lifelong, like spend your life loving one another, you know, you know, in a way I, I'm not naive. I know what he's talking about. But like, so I, I was really interested about his logic. And so I, I actually looked up some stats and it turns out, according to a study that I found, it was um, uh, MSNBC News did a did like a poll kind of study, and it turns out that two percent of people find their partner at a bar. So, like he's, it's interesting because he's like, well, my shot of finding a lover is below two percent here, so I'm going to go where it's two percent. So what he's kind of saying, like he, he might, it just doesn't really make sense because it's like, well, even just logically speaking, you're not really going to find anyone worthwhile at the bar, according to what the science and the research says. It's kind of just being like, uh, I don't know, like Old Navy isn't the best place to buy groceries. So Dick Sporting Goods is where I go. Like it, yeah, it's better. Like you might find some. I don't know, some sunflower seeds for baseball players, some, like, big league chew. Like, it's not... You're not going to find any food. You're not going to find groceries at Old Navy. You might find a little bit more at Dick's Sporting Goods, but it's not Walmart or, like, Kroger. Like, that... So, it's just kind of funny. It's just like... We're just like, oh, yeah, club, bar. That means it's a pop song, and we're in it, and we're dancing, and we're grooving, and we don't really think about, like, oh, like, poor Ed. He doesn't realize that statistically speaking he's gonna have very little luck here um just like you know if you're trying to buy your groceries at dick sporting goods like you'll find if i mean if you if you drink exclusively gatorade and you know you like big league chew and flips pretzels and twizzlers you will find everything you're looking for at dick sporting goods and if that's what you're into in terms of people then you should do all of your love shopping at the bar and at the club. I highly recommend it if that's the caliber of people, but it's just kind of like, oh, poor bloke. He doesn't realize that he's going to be finding Twizzler Girl or or maybe um, Big League Chew Miss or something like that. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It the, the whole... It's just like the whole song. Like, I think we should think more about what we're listening to. Like, there's a point where... Um, he, even in that same verse, he's like, come over and start up a conversation with just me and trust me, I'll give it a chance. Like if someone strikes up a conversation with you, just you, like you're sitting with your friends and they come up to just you and start talking. It's like, Hmm, I'll give it a chance. Like you just, you just say hi. Like it would be so rude for you to not give it at least a little bit of a chance. But we're thinking like, Oh, (laughs) And that sly dog, he's giving it a chance. Trust him, he'll give it a chance. And, uh, I don't know. It's a good song. I'm not trying to rag on the song. This is just all my, you know, just my humble opinion about a hit song. But, I don't know. I think we should, bottom line, we should think more about what we're listening to. Because this won't be the last time I tell you 
what you're actually hearing in a song because you haven't really like you just kind of groove to it and never really thought through it that much so stick around after the break i'm going to tell you why i owe an entire country an apology keep it locked on the chuck wagon <laughs> so i love that because like in my mind every single listener for like a split second like one or two seconds was like Wait, am I listening to the radio? <laughs> like, like, I thought this was a podcast. Are we going to a commercial right now? And like, but but then, but you're all smart people, so you're not like, wait, oh, this is the radio. Like, like you thought about it, and you're like, oh, wait, no, this is definitely a pod. Maybe it just cut out or something. And then, yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. Anyway, um, so as promised, after the break... I, I'm going to tell you why I owe an entire country an apology. And um, it, it has to do with a promise that I'm going to keep to you. I told you I'm going to update you as much as I can on the situation with France fighting, e- fighting ISIS drones with eagles. Because that's revolutionary and unbelievable. Here's what I didn't know. And this is why I owe a country an apology. The Dutch have been working on this longer than the French have. The French are just moving an idea forward that the Dutch have been working on. So the the French article I found was from February. So they've been they got this going in February last month. The Dutch have been working on this since September of 2016. They were working on it for 5 months before the French that's enough time for a newborn pig to grow to market size. And I didn't even mention it. I had no idea. So I I want to apologize to the Dutch. Okay, on one level, I want to apologize to the Dutch. And I know a bunch of you right now are like, how does he know how long it takes for a pig to reach market size? And I'm not going to tell you. Because I want you to wonder always why I know... A fact, an obscure fact like that, so well that I can compare it to a news story, the duration of a news story. So, um, but yeah. So on one level, I apologize to the Dutch. But here's what kind of counteracts it for me. I told you, I told you the reasons why you know, like the eagle story almost made me like France. The Dutch are super annoying because we have to deal with three freaking names. Like, so it's the it's the Netherlands. It's Holland, and they're Dutch. That doesn't make any sense. And honestly, the other night when I when I was thinking about this, I was like, and I don't mean this to like offend any Dutch people. I, I mean this because it's like, you gotta get your names buttoned up. Like, if you're gonna be a dominant country in the world, I mean, you have Amsterdam, that place is a mess. I hear it's a really good time. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna party, if you wanna live the high life, if you are the type of person that goes to the bar to find the lover, Go to Amsterdam, but you just got to get yourself buttoned up because Holland and I almost looked it up the other night. I was like, oh, I'm sure there's some logical reason why why they have three completely different ways of saying where they're from or the name of the country or like their nationality. And then I thought to myself, no, I shouldn't have to do that because pretty much every other country has their stuff together. So it's like, I shouldn't have to take time just out of my curiosity to go figure out why they're slacking and they haven't just narrowed it down to one. 
I'm I'll probably be brainstorming different ways that I can streamline this process for the country. I'll probably email it to their president and just kind of see what happens and I'll update you on that. But um, yeah, they just they need to, to get that figured out. And I, I'm a little bitter too about the Dutch because I'm watching this fantastic documentary. It's like a it's a it's like a mini series on John Adams. And John Adams goes over there during the revolution and he's trying to get funding for them and they didn't take a chance on us. And so I'm a little I'm a little I get it. On one level I get it. We didn't look like we were gonna win, but at the same time, you don't count us out. I'm sorry for that tangent, but like seriously Netherlands, Holland, Dutch people everywhere, please figure it out because we're tired of it. But anyways, I still do apologize because they have been working on this and I watched a video and it's insane. And the the Eagles, I mean, I guess it's just a European thing all over Europe. I mean, think about the swarm I was talking about earlier. If you got the French swarm and the Dutch swarm and they're just piling in on the Middle East, it would be insane, folks. So this is better. And now I have another story to update with you, update you with. Um, it's really not that much different than the French one. I just wanted to cover my tracks on uh, how I told you that the French were kind of pioneering this. They weren't. It was the the Dutch Hollandish Netherlanderines the whole time. So um so that that's your update. There's not much new in the French scene, but I I will keep you posted. That's a Chuck guarantee. So I was in, uh, I just came back from spring break, you know, college, woo, spring break, 2K17, woo. Um, and just kind of like a lot of, a lot of college kids tend to do these days. I went to Florida. I know that's kind of normal, whatever. But so I went to Miami for the first time and Miami is crazy because first of all, it's like a big party city. It's just like a constant party. It's wild. And, but, but beyond that, you go into the harbor and there are these humongous ships in the harbor and it's crazy. And I got thinking about it and I'm like, that's freaking. I, I can't even wrap my mind around, around that. And so in that moment, I was like, I have to bring on a physicist onto this show. Um, cause what else is I going to do? So, um, I called up a physicist buddy of mine and, uh, he graciously decided that he will, he'll come on as a guest on the show. So he's going to be the Chuck wagons first ever guest, which is really cool because hopefully we're going to be moving towards that a little bit. Have some, have some people on who know more about things than I do. And, uh, so I'm going to welcome him on. His name is Tim and, uh, hey, Jake, can we, um, can we edit in some applause for him right there? Okay, cool. So, uh, and here he is, Tim. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I am. I'm a little befuddled by what I witnessed. And so, j just to give just to give the listeners some background, you are uh, you're an engineering major, right? Yeah, electrical engineering. So you so like basically you're trying to become an astronaut. Pretty much. Because yeah. okay, yeah. See, that's what I think. Cause like whenever I hear these like sciencey majors, I like that's kind of what I think of. Like if I hear, oh, I'm a I'm an engineering major or like, oh, I'm an aeronautics major or like I'm a nursing major. Like I, I it's just kind of like they're trying to go to outer space. Yep. Um, so that's really cool. I mean, like that, I think that's cool because a lot of, a lot of people want to be astronauts and, um, like when they're little, but you're pursuing that now with your electrical engineering. So that's really cool. And to all you, um, aeronautics and, and nursing majors out there, I'm sure you can do the same thing. So, so Tim, I was, 
I don't know if you heard me from the other room, um, but I was in Miami and I was thinking, geez, these boats are insane. They're huge. They are humongous boats. And it's like they're sitting on the water. And like people were like, the people in the car with me were like, oh yeah, that one's Disney and that one is the Royal Caribbean. I'm like, and that one is 500 feet long and it's 12 stories high and it's sitting on water and it's not, it's not collapsing into the water. And I don't think we give like enough credence to that. That's crazy. So, um, I mean, I've played, I played in the bathtub as a kid. I know that, you know, like a, a rubber ducky can float, for example, um, wood can float. Uh, a hollowed out cinder block can float, but I wanted you to explain, um, to the audience kind of how, how a, a humongous cruise liner could float because it just, it, it's unfathomable to me. Okay. So you're familiar with the term fluid, like the stuff that runs out of your nose. Yeah, so stuff that runs out of your nose is a fluid. Um, soda is a fluid, and water is also a fluid. Soda is a fluid. It is indeed. Okay. Yeah. I always thought of it as more of like a, like a solid, because of the fizz, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. no, I got you. I got okay. you. I got you. Yeah. Um, well, the important thing though is that water is a fluid. Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and one of the the properties of fluids is that uh, they're very dense. They like to sort of pack together a little bit, which is why water, you know, sticks together and it's it's a liquid. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, basically, anytime something goes into the water, the water doesn't like it being there. It tries to push it out, right? Yeah, I mean, that that's like, that's what, okay, this is why people argue for the Second Amendment. Because, like, they, they look at the water. No, they do. They look at the water and they go... Look how the water gets pushed around by people invading the space. I think that's how it started because think about it. What like we didn't have as complicated a government system back in the days when they came up with the second amendment. So, but water has always been around. So it's like like probably Benjamin Franklin or someone was was like drinking a glass of water and dropped an ice cube in it and was like, "Oh, the the water doesn't like that. Why should I?" And I think that, like, and that's why people are like, we have to defend ourselves, right? That's kind of... Yep. That's exactly how history happened. So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just want to add that. Because this is like a history in politics yep. Yep. and politics. I got you. I got you. Thing, yeah. Tell you what, we'll just take that. We'll roll with it, right? So let's say, in this case, you're talking about like this giant cruise liner, right? Oh, yeah. So we're going to say that the water is America, that the cruise liner is the British Empire. Oh, jeez. Okay? Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. British Empire was like freaking huge. No like, this right. This cruise ship either, yeah. was freaking huge. Mm -hmm. So this cruise ship, right, it's in the water. It's trying to get into the water because it's big and huge and heavy. But the water's like America. And it's like, no, I don't want you here. You know, I don't want you to tax me without representation, all this crap. Right. So the water literally is having like a continuous revolutionary war with this boat. And it is kicking its butt continuously. And so the, the boat, boat is kicking butt? No, the water's kicking oh, butt. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I should have known that. You know, the metaphor, right? Exactly, because America friggin wreck britain anyway yeah yeah underdogs too yeah right right so the water is like completely like going ham on this boat and the boat can't get into the water so it has to stay on top of it that's as close as it can get can't really sink down into the water it's too scared of it 
so basically what you're saying is like the quartering act is still a thing. Yep. But other than that, we pretty much won the war. Basically, yes. Huh. So, it, okay. So say, so we got like the British Empire on the water, right? Like, let's just say that was the Disney cruise liner. Okay. Now let's say, because the Disney one, I, okay, honestly, I expected, I've never been on a cruise. I expected the Disney one to be a little more impressive in the exterior because it, it was a very big cruise ship, but compared to some of them folks, like they were huge. So, so let's say Disney was, was Britain. Now, what about if all of Europe invaded the United States? And I'm talking like one of those 20 story, like, I don't even know how long, like even bigger ones. So I, I can, it just seems like the bigger the boat, the harder to float. That's a little rhyme I came up with just now um, that I think really hits home this whole concept that I'm struggling with. Um, so why does it, why does it not get harder for a boat to float the larger it gets? Okay, so to explain that, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to basically completely abandon the whole historical analogy thing. Um, I'm not wild about that, but that's okay. Yeah, sorry. I mean, America, like, you know, owns everybody, but... yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Anyway, so actually, believe it or not, in some cases, the bigger the boat, the easier it is to float. No way. Yeah. Shut right? up. Right? Okay. Okay. Right? I, I need to okay. hear this now. All right. So it took me probably two or three years. I had to like really wrestle with this topic because for years I was ignorant like you were. I didn't. Okay. I didn't um, understand how the Let's whole take worked. it easy. Let's take it easy. Um, ignorant. I'm just, I just want to clarify what my friend Tim meant by ignorant is curious. And scholarly, and innovative, and handsome is what he meant. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I know he wouldn't. He wouldn't say something like that. So, but I, I just want to clarify. Because yeah, of course. I, yeah. Sorry. Like sorry. I know how you and I yeah, joke yeah, around, yeah. and you call me ignorant, yeah. and I know it just means yeah. I'm cool. Okay. Yeah. So, but they don't know that. So, um, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, um, when I was curious, I was curious like you mm -hmm. were, and of course, devilishly handsome. Um. I thought, you know, well, yeah, it's, it's this huge, heavy thing. It's not going to float, right? But um, basically, the bigger the boat is, at least on the bottom, so like the harder huge... to float. Well, no, but see, it's, it's that's not, my rhyme though. But it's not okay. The easier to float, it still rhymes. Hmm. It's just got to change a little bit so that you know it's like an extra works with science and all that. The, but it's three syllables, so easier to and just that's true. That's true. That's true. I'll work on it. That's true. Workshop that. Yeah, you can you can figure that part out. But anyway, so basically this like giant cruise ship right the bottom of it is absolutely huge mm -hmm. which means that the water has more surface area exposed to oh it oh my gosh i know right this is like completely like mind-numbingly blowingly mm -hmm. like in insane mm. but the water has more area to push against and so it can effectively push harder and many hands make light work right Exactly. So, if water had hands. That's true. Which it that's doesn't. True. That's true. Water doesn't have hands. It does not, indeed. Okay. Um, but yeah, so basically, um, the more area the water has to push on, the easier it is to keep it afloat. So in that sense, the bigger the boat, the easier it is to float. And I know that that... Unbelievable. I know, right? Yeah. Right? Wow. I know. That is so great. Well, thank you so much, Tim, yep. for coming. I, I learned something today. I don't know about you as a listener... But I certainly learned a lot today, and I'm telling you what, 
putting it in the context of obliterating a nation in a war just clicked for me. And I, I hope it did for you, the listener, too. So thank you so much, Tim, for coming on the show. He's uh, He'll be kind of our, hopefully, our resident physicist that'll come on and help us explain the unexplicable sights of life um, that no one can wrap around, ma- their mind around unless they're on their way to outer space. So thank you, Tim, and uh, good luck with your space travel, um, you know, your eventual space travel. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Anytime. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty good. So we agree that he was good. <laughs> Wholeheartedly. So, with the break to Florida, I mean, my mind was just overwhelmed. It was like a tidal wave of just these these thoughts, um, like the one I just presented to Tim. I mean, Jake, it was like, it was overwhelming how, how much just really rich stuff was, was up in my noggin. Um... And one of those things was, I, I got to think of it the first time. I, I, I think you'll notice at the end of these podcasts, for whatever reason, I guess it's just because I'm, I'm generally an optimist. I always end it with kind of like a reason to be happy for the time we live in and who you are as a listener and stuff. And it's sometimes it's almost a little backhanded, but I, I generally mean like, look at your life. Your life is, your life is pretty good. And that's, I had another one of those thoughts while I was in Florida because I was wa- watching the dolphins crest over the waves and I got thinking to myself, how much would it suck to be a, a mammal that lives in water? Like, that's like the worst thing ever. Like if, you, like, if you think that your life is bad because you have like a bunch of debt or something like that, think about if you lived in water full time and you had to come up to breathe all of the time and you can't escape it. And like, so you've been trapped into a place that you can't escape from unless you want to be beached. And then like, if you're like a whale, you can go to land. You're free to do that. But there's no rule against the, the whales being on the beach, but you die. And, and like you, someone you'll eventually like die. And then you'll fill up with all these chemicals from the air and everything, and then someone will poke you with a stick and you'll explode. YouTube that if you've never seen that before. Unless you have a weak stomach. But, um, yeah, like, it would suck so much. Like, the dolphins, they're like, I don't know how the... I feel like dolphins deep down are really messed up psychologically. Because they're kind of like, you know how they talk about the comedians or, like, the ones who have the darkest... They have, like, the darkest inner souls or whatever. And the dolphins all the time are like... (laughs) Life is good. Come and kiss me, even though I'm disgusting. And we do it. We jump in the water and we kiss the dolphins and we think, oh, they're they're nice or whatever, even though they eat fish all the time. Why am I putting my lips on theirs? Anyways, um, I feel like that's an inner darkness because really beneath the... Is a, my life is an overwhelming volcano of peril because I have to go out of my way to breathe all these people in the water with me right now they, they're just breathing easy but look at me i'm supposed to go down in the water to get my food and then come back up to breathe life isn't fair life isn't fair and um it's just like that that experience where the dolphin, the dolphin, I felt like communicated that 
idea to me. Like, it was, like, one of those things, like, in a movie where two characters lock eyes and it's, like, they just understand each other. Maybe you've had that happen in real life. That was, like, me and the dolphin. I just, like, I saw him and I was, like, no, I know. I know what you're going through, bro, and it's not your fault. It's not your fault. So, bottom line, you have a great life and, um... Thing, things are gonna are gonna look up for you if if you haven't if they haven't already because you can breathe just by opening your mouth. And for to finish things off, we have Chuck's profound quote of the day. Finally got a dead guy again. It's been two weeks. Now I can tell you when he died. He died September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety one, uh, which is actually the day before my birthday. Um, in September, not in nineteen ninety one, but um. And his name is Dr. Seuss. And the quote goes like this. From there to here, and here to there, funny things are everywhere. I'd like to thank my executive producer, as always, Jake Crossman. I'd like to thank Tim, the physicist, for coming on, explaining the wonders of the world. I want to thank the Dutch, not for their name, but for the Eagles and fighting ISIS valiantly. I'd like to thank Ed Sheeran for his lyrics that make us think, and I hope you find that lover, buddy, but I hope it's not in a bar. And thank you for listening. This has been The Chuck Wagon.